Futures ahead, 214. This is CBS News. Fever is the key symptom for both the flu and COVID. The Exergen Temporal Scanner is essential to detect fevers early and reliably. Learn more at exergen.com. At Shell, we know from the time you get up to the time you wrap up, Good night. there's a lot of meetups, eatups, and hurryups. So come to Shell and get three things done at once. Fill up with Shell V Power Nitro Plus to help keep your engine running like new. Save up with the Fuel Rewards Program and never pay full price for gas again. And snack up with in-store rewards to save even more at the pump. Make the most of the stop you need to make with Shell. In engines that continuously use Shell V Power Nitro Plus Premium Gas. And see full terms and conditions at FuelRewards.com. You're ready to get out and get moving. And whether it's surfing, playing tennis, or hiking every path you can find, you're going to need some essential new gear. Essentials that are even more rewarding with the Bank of America Customized Cash Rewards Credit Card. You can choose to earn 3% cash back on online shopping, which could increase to 5.25% as a preferred rewards member. Visit bankofamerica.com slash more rewarding and apply now. The essentials have never felt more rewarding. Copyright 2021 Bank of America Corporation. There was a big party in Brooklyn at the MTV Music Video Awards. Let's go! Blumhouse X took the night's top honor, winning Video of the Year. I want to say thank you to the gay agenda. Let's go, gay agenda! Justin Bieber got Moon Person statues for Best Pop and Artist of the Year. I just wanted to say that music is such an amazing opportunity and an amazing outlet to be able to reach people and to be able to bring us all together. Olivia Rodrigo snagged Best Song of the Year and Best New Artist. Of course, when it comes to pop artists, it doesn't get much bigger than Madonna. Happy 40th MTV! The queen of pop opened the VMAs, paying tribute to MTV's 40th anniversary. Monica Ricks, CBS News, New York. Months after Christo died, the artist's longtime vision for the Arc de Triomphe is being realized. Paris landmarks being wrapped in 270,000 feet of silvery blue fabric. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. The pandemic's reminded us we live in a sea of airborne germs that can assault us with every breath. Your nose is the body's first line of defense by helping filter out allergens, bacteria, and viruses before they reach your lungs. But like any air filter, the more clogged up it gets, the less it works. So how do you clean your nose? I'm Martin Hoke, and I didn't invent nasal irrigation. The neti pot's been around thousands of years. But I did invent Navage to make cleaning your nose easy. Navage uses powered suction to flush out mucus and germs that cause congestion, or worse, can make you sick. Over 2 million people use Navage to breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and feel healthier without drugs. Navage has over 70,000 online reviews averaging 4.7 stars because it works and it's easy to use. Go to Navage.com or find Navage at Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Bed Bath, and Target. Now available with eucalyptus for a spa-like experience. Navage, N-A-V-A-G-E, clean nose, healthy life. It's the 23rd annual Paw Paw Festival this weekend at Lake Snowden in Albany, Ohio. From the 17th until the 19th, enjoy music, competitions, beverages, and more. Events include Best Paw Paw Contest, the Brewers Roundtable, and Paw Paw Beer Tasting, the Paw Paw Eating Contest, and the Paw Paw Cook-Off. Free shuttle service to and from Athens, Albany, and Hocking College. Once again, the 23rd annual Paw Paw Festival at Lake Snowden in Albany. For more information, go to OhioPawPawFest.com. Hey, Bobcats. D&D Advertising has the new 2021 football schedules ready for pickup at these fine businesses. Dowler Heating, Cooling, and Refrigeration. EXP Realty, Pam Reeves. Magical Moments Vacations. 
Classic Brands, Albany, Ohio. Collective Auto Lab, LLC. Advanced Seamless Gutters. C&J's Auto Body, LLC. A1 Sanitation, LLC. Ed Green Electric. Starbrick Barbecue. Kitchen Creations and Renovations. Warehouse Tire, Inc. Merchants Bank. Monticello Village Apartments. Havar, Inc. All Seasons Roofing and Home Restoration. Classic Car Wash. Brownies Tractors. Polini Industries. And Diamond Stone Co. D&D Advertising Enterprises is not licensed, affiliated with, or endorsed by any university, sports institution, or program unless specifically stated in writing. No proceeds from any of the funds collected for your ad will be given to any educational institution or sports team. We are not responsible for any schedule changes made after print. Have you heard of Project Rise? Are you a parent in Athens, Meigs, Perry, or Vinton counties? We provide internships, job shadowing, work study, transition planning, and graduation coaching. All students and parents have free access to these resources. For more information, please find us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. There are numerous free events and resources that you need to know about. Act now. Project Rise will help you with your future after high school. Follow us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. What in the world is going on now? Find out every weekday at 8 a.m. and 7 p.m. on the World News Roundup from CBS News Radio and on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Ready to check home ownership off your bucket list but worried you can't afford it? The Ohio Housing Finance Agency is here to help. We offer down payment assistance and discounted interest rates to recent Ohio college grads, teachers, nurses, veterans, and more. Not a first-time home buyer? We've got a program for you, too. Find out if you qualify at myohiohome.org. That's myohiohome.org. Homeownership. Ready when you are. Sponsored by the Ohio Housing Finance Agency aired by the OAB and this station. Hi, it's Randy and Boots from the Auto Smarts Radio Network. And why should you listen to our show on this station? Well, Boots is a man of many talents and has knowledge you won't believe. Just listen. Hey, Boots, what's your favorite thing to talk about? Cars. Rick Ocasek was the lead singer of what band? The Cars. What was Gary Newman's biggest selling song? Cars. Who was the all-time leading scorer in Notre Dame basketball history? Car. That's right, Austin Carr. Anything you'd like to add? Cars, cars, cars. 57 Chevy. Cars, That's Auto cars, Smarts. Friday afternoons cars, at 106 cars, on 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. That's a 57 Chevy. Cars, cars, cars. Heavy uterine bleeding and iron deficiency anemia through the years. Oh, I've been there. Huh? That sweater around your waist. I've been there. Heavy period. Makes you wonder what women used to do. The record you're using to cover your behind. I've been there. You backward apron. I've been there. If you've been there, you get it. Excessive menstrual bleeding for six months or more is known as heavy uterine bleeding, or HUB. HUB may lead to another condition called iron deficiency anemia, or IDA. Learn about iron deficiency anemia at imayhaveida.com. Brought to you by HealthyWomen.org and Daiichi Sankyo, Inc. I-N-E-P-T. Inept Tech. Two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? Oysters! Oysters! Raw, raw, raw! Coach Turf, you took your inept tech football team to Indiana Orthopedic University. IOU, that's right. We had a ball game against IOU last week. I was wondering what kind of game was it? Well, I'm glad you asked me that question because it was a fine ball game. You know, uh, Oysters uh, played a real fine ball game, and I am real proud of the way the Oysters conducted themselves on the football field during the ball game. And, uh, of course, IOU, they give us a fine ball game. And, uh, of course, what the fans seen, everything was all over, said, and done with was a fine ball game. Well, were you able to bring back that first win of the season? Well, no, I think what we did bring back instead was all that bad weather we had up there. We had a problem with that weather up there. You know, it was uh, storming, it was raining, it was cold. In fact, it was it was downright bone-chilling up there. 
for that ball game, and uh, we run into a problem because our uniforms were so clean. You know, Suds Bleachman did a heck of a job cleaning our uniforms. He did such a good job. In fact, he left a whole lot of soap in those rascals, and what happened was when that, when that rain hit them uniforms with all that soap in it, made them real slippery, and that made it impossible for our boys to tackle their boys, and for, for that reason, I'm afraid to report that we didn't come back with a victory. So you might say equipment failure was part of the problem at IOU. Well, that's right. You know, if we'd had galoshes, we'd done a whole lot better. I'll be back with more from Coach Art Turf in just a moment. And the Art Turf Show is proudly brought to you by Pest Destruct Ultrasonic Termite Repeller. This is designed to eliminate termites. It also works on rats, mice, mosquitoes, flies, and possibly nosy neighbors. Well, Coach Turf, your team failed to bring back that first win of the season at IOU. I don't think you don't ever, have to keep rubbing it in, you know. I don't think we ever got a report on the uh, final score. Well, we like to put them scores in the past, but just for you and all of our listeners, I do want to point out to all the listeners that we do want to keep them updated on all the statistics. So let me look through these statistics sheets here real quick. Uh, well, that's right. Uh, the uh, it was a 49 and three ball game. Well, coach, I know you told me that. But statistics, you can't you can't always depend on statistics to tell the story of the ball game. And I do want to tell all the fans it was a road ball game, and none of them was there. And I do want to point out to all the fans that I am real proud of the way the Oysters conducted themselves on the football field. There's, they they was uh, conducting themselves just like gentlemen the whole time, and I am real proud of the way they conducted themselves on the road trip. You told me last week that your scouting uh, coaches, Coach Lewis and Coach Clark, were having a little difficulty getting to IOU. Well, that's right. You know, uh, we had a real problem. We didn't have no game ball to award last week because uh, Coach Lewis and Coach Clark had to sell that rascal to get a couple bus tickets going up there and scout them boys up at IOU. And I, and uh, we still hadn't heard from Coach Lewis and Coach Clark, so we're afraid that they absconded with the funds from the game ball and they're not long longer to be seen no more. Well, Coach, even without the benefit of a scouting report, you did tell me before the game you felt IOU owed you a victory. Well, that's right. You know, I was talking about that with Coach Marrow over at IOU, and he said he'd put it in the mail. <laughs> Be listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N-S. Glorious sunshine outside, 69 degrees, sunny. Excuse me, I had to cough right in the middle of that. Headed up to 86, though, today. Going to be warm. And some people would say hot. No mention of rain, though. Not for a couple days. It's a Monday, and we got a free-for-all edition of the Party Line. I was 
just telling Scott that uh, I got stung right right here on the side of the neck by a wasp. Well, I don't know what it was, whether whether it's a wasp or a, you know, what, what, why I don't, I didn't get to see it, you know, it just, ouch, you know, <laughs> and then it was gone. But now it's, it's kind of spread down into my upper uh, chest, but just on the skin level. Really weird feeling. Anyway. Did you uh, do anything for it? Put any no. medication or anything on it? No. I wouldn't really know what to put on it. Well, I tell you know what works really good? Maybe not. Well, you know what? I'm sure lots of listeners have some well, remedies you, out there. Talking about strawberry pudding or something like that. Yeah, you're on to something right there. Like no, maybe no. maple syrup. I made that up. So, Oh, okay. So but, did I. Uh, I made up the maple syrup too, but anyway, um, there's some uh, there's a little vial, I guess it's called uh, chiggers. I've used that. It's a it's a very small container. Remember the old 33 millimeter film canisters? Sure. That's what it looks like. It comes in. That works. And I found too that um, sunburn relief gel. Actually works pretty good on it too, and I have some. Well, you've been stung that much? Uh, yeah, I use it for sunburn. Oh. All right, when I'm out working, yeah. but I noticed on the label, it also said it is good to treat insect bites, okay. and it has lidocaine in it too, which kind of takes away the sting a little bit too. So solar cane works right. pretty good on it. I haven't had a. Again, I don't know whether it was a wasp or a hornet or. You know, whatever it was. Um, I haven't been stung in years. I I had neither until last summer. I was outside uh, working in my yard or doing some things around the house. And I put put my hat back on that, that I had laid. Yeah, I oh. had laid it down yeah. on, I think, the mower seat or somewhere outside on the porch or ground or whatever. And I put my hat back on. I was getting ready to finish. I was all done. And all of a sudden, I feel this, zzz, zzz, you know. I'm like, what was that? I yanked my hat off real quick, and there was a wasp yeah. that had gotten in there. And it stung me right on my gourd. I gore. think that would hurt more than probably what I went through. But, uh, uh, it didn't feel very good, I know that. That's the first time I'd been stung in a, quite a while. It is September 13th, folks. <laughs> and um, let's see if today is National Wasp Day or anything like that. If not, we'll make it one. National Kids Take Over the Kitchen Day. That sounds fun. <laughs> or disastrous. National Peanut Day. I do love all kinds of nuts, particularly peanuts. The Day of the Programmer. I wonder if that's a radio reference or something else. No, probably computers. Oh, yeah, computer programming. Day of the yeah. Programmer. Okay, it's National Bald is Beautiful Day. National Boss slash Employee Exchange Day. What, we're supposed to give each other gifts or something? Uh, I suppose that's pretty open-ended. You probably, anything, give each other a a little poke or a barb or joke (laughs) back and forth. (laughs) It's Uncle Sam Day. And it's National Celiac Disease Awareness Day. Now, 
I should probably know exactly what that means, but I don't. Celiac disease. It is. Sometimes called celiac sprue or gluten-sensitive enteropathy is an immune reaction to eating gluten. Yeah. That is a protein found in wheat, barley, and rye. You know, there's someone that I could name their name. I certainly won't. Very well-known person. Wife of a very well-known person who went through a whale of a mess before they discovered that. That she was gluten. Um, um, I, I guess that it would be allergic to gluten. And once they got that figured out, she's just as perfect and normal as can be. But it was, uh, it was frightening. Yeah, I'm sure. Stomach aches, bloating, indigestion. Just a few of the symptoms. Is that what's written there? Yep. I see. Well, I think this was even more serious uh, in terms of... Like, they actually were worried about her life. So it really hit hard. Yeah, that can uh, damage the small intestine lining if uh, not treated or if, if, if the immune reaction to eating gluten continues over time but it's also interesting that she didn't have former signs of it you know yeah uh, rather than simply being uh, previous signs yeah yeah of that happening but anyway all right good morning folks uh, welcome let's see here so we we did the phone stop ringing please there it did National Kids Take Over the Kitchen Day. All right, well, let's see here. On this day in history, the Church of Holy Sepulchre consecrated in Jerusalem in the year 335 on this date. You know, I really do think it's remarkable that we can say something 1,800 years ago on this date occurred. You know what I mean? Yep. And the next one is the year 1224 when Francis of Assisi is afflicted with <laughs> stigmata after a vision praying on Mount Verna. Stigma, stigmata. Is that uh, some form of astigmatism? I'm wondering. Well, it sounds like it. But a stigmata after a vision praying on Mount Verna. Stigmata is a mark of disgrace associated with a particular circumstance, quality, or person. So it had nothing to do with astigmatism. That's just stigma. It doesn't tell me stigmata. The year 1501, on this date, Michelangelo begins work on his Statue of David, a masterpiece of Renaissance sculpture. 
1845, English chemist Michael Faraday discovers the Faraday effect, the, which was the influence of a magnetic field on polarized light. Well, that sounds interesting. That sounds like something I'd like to play with. Okay, 1847, American-Mexican War. During that event, U.S. General Winfield Scott captures Mexico City. 1993, the public unveiling of the Oslo Accords, an Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement initiated by Norway, signed by Israeli Minister of Foreign Affairs Shimon Peres, and P-O-L, PLO, rather, official um, Mahmoud Abbas. Okay, we've got some, um, let's see, let's do birthdays first. Okay, you want a little more on stigmata before we do? Okay. Stigmata, uh, or singular stigma, in Christian mysticism, bodily marks, scars, or pains, corresponding to those of the crucified Jesus Christ, that is, on the hands, on the feet, near the heart, and sometimes on the head, from the crown of thorns, or shoulders and back, from carrying the cross and scourging. All right, let's see here. Back to birthdays. Okay. Only one of these names am I vaguely familiar <clears throat> with. And none of them look... Um, well, never mind. Okay, so we'll just do them in the order they have them on this sheet. The first one is that of Arnold Schoenberg. S-C-H-O-E-N-B-E-R-G. Now, he was uh, born on this date in 1874, died in 1951. He was an Austrian-born composer, music theorist, teacher, writer, and painter. He is widely considered one of the most influential composers of the 20th century. He was associated with the Expressionist movement in German poetry and art and leader of the Second Viennese School. I just failed. That is a name I should have known, given my <coughs> uh, background in the art. But his picture here is not the least bit pleasant. He just looks, he looks like he could be part of a, a gang, you know? <laughs> yeah. And he looks very unhappy. He looks a little strained, doesn't he? Let's see, what's your picture? Oh, well. Oh, you, you already left it. Well, I can get it here. Well. There you go, right there. See, see mine? Yeah. He just doesn't look happy at all. Yeah, no, there's about, what, 12 pictures here and not a even a hint of a smile in any of them. <laughs> okay, John Pershing. John J. Pershing. Born on this date in 1860. Died in 1948. Um, obviously, uh, Pershing, a general, wasn't he? Yes. General of the armies, John Joseph Pershing. Nicknamed Black Jack, was a senior United States Army officer. He served most famously as the commander of the American Expeditionary Forces 
on the Western Front during World War I from 1917 to 1918. He passed away at Walter Reed National Military Medical Center in Bethesda, Maryland. Buried in Arlington National Cemetery. My wife's first husband worked at Walter Reed. And um, he, he, we were very good friends. Still are. Dick Bresnahan. And uh, Walter Reed's an amazing place. But the big Hawaii, uh, what, was, what, the, what was the big hospital in Hawaii? Military hospital. Kepler? Kepler? Oh, well. Uh, he was there when we first met. Oh, well, John Pershing. Okay, now. Tripler? Uh, Tripler. Tripler, thank you. Thank you. Tripler Army Medical Center. Yeah. In Honolulu. Beautiful and big, very, very fine hospital. Okay, um, now let's see. The next guy, we're going much farther back. To the year 1660 when he was born, Daniel Defoe, D-E-F-O-E. Man, he's got a bunch of hair. Um, looks like somebody actually d- designed his hair, if you know what I mean. Just like you go to a hairstylist today. <laughs> okay, who is this? He was in it. I'm sorry. I was just a funny, funny description there. No, you, you in there. my picture, I don't know what you've got. Uh, it's there. it's it's pretty boofed up. Yeah. Shall yeah. we say? Okay. The bouffant do. Uh, he was an English writer, trader, journalist, pamphleteer, and spy. He is most famous for his novel Robinson Crusoe. Oh. Published in ni- uh, 1719, which is claimed to be second only to the Bible in its number of translations. My dad loved that book. And and many others, too. Okay, and the last person is a Roald. Roald, it's just missing an N. R-O-A-L-D. Otherwise, it'd be Ronald. Last name is Dahl. D-A-H-L. He was born in 1916 on this date, died um, in 1990. Roald Dahl. If he had an N, it'd be Ronald Dahl. Mm-hmm. was a British novelist, short story writer, poet, screenwriter, uh, screenwriter and wartime fighter pilot. <laughs> His books have sold more than 250 million copies worldwide. Dahl was born in Wales to affluent Norwegian immigrant parents and spent most of his life in England. So he apparently... He looks, uh, of the four of them, he certainly looks the most um, friendly. We'll put it that way. He most likely flew as part of the RAF, Royal Air Force. An ace fighter pilot. Cool. Okay, two famous deaths. I guess. Let me think here. Let me see if I turn my pages just right. Yes, just two to mention today. Tupac Shakur. This was kind of recent, like. Um, yep. He was um, like a rapper and stuff, right? Yep. Yes, he was. 
So he was born in 1971, but died on this date in 1996. Did they say what the nature of his death was? Uh, I think he was shot. Oh, wow. Um, so violent. Yeah. Okay. Um, let me see here if it says any, any more on this. Uh, let's see. No, I didn't. I, without, it's all right. Yeah, without going down further. Was he, was he musically inclined? Was, was that his thing? Yeah. Uh, okay. Cause of death, drive-by homicide. Oh, dear. Okay, now the other one, we're going way back, the other extreme. Titus. And uh, it, actually, the we don't have a picture of him. It appears to be like a concrete um, statue. Titus. Born in 19, I'm sorry, born in the year 39, died in the year 81. That is also one of the books of the Bible. Titus was the Roman emperor from... Wait a minute. Say that again. Titus is a book in the Bible. Oh, now I'm really embarrassed. I don't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Is it in the Old Testament, the New Testament? I believe it's in the New Testament. Oh, to all my people out there, I apologize. I don't, I didn't know that. Titus was the Roman emperor from 79 to 81. What's this CE? I've never seen that. I don't have anything CE. He is also known for being the conqueror of Jerusalem. But in his born and died information, it says A.D. Well, okay, he was born in 39 A.D., died in 81 A.D. A.D. Yeah. So that make him a pretty old guy. 42. No. I don't think so. Okay. Well, obviously, we don't know what we're talking about. Well, or at I, least a, I don't. A.D. The numbers go up. B.C. You go. You go backwards. That's right. So, so this was A.D. So if he lived, thir- let's say he lived thirty-nine, was born thirty-nine A.D. Oh, A.D. Okay. Yeah. And he made it to seventy-nine A.D. That's forty years. But he made it to eighty-one. Yes. So that's forty thirty-nine. And difference of thirty nine and eighty one is okay. Well, he does. 42. Even the concrete statue of him looks young. Um, I mean the features. All right. Well, I think we've beaten that up enough. Um, got a story this morning about the states that vaccinate the most. Now, I know there's people in our audience who don't agree with what we say out here. And what are we saying? We're saying everybody should get vaccinated. Everybody. Um, but I know there's people that are shaking their heads saying, Palmer, I'll never do it. Um, I, I feel badly about that. 
but, but let's not get into that. Let's just talk about the facts. 2021's states that vaccinate the most. So, um, reading into the article, vaccinations are some of the most valuable contributions to modern medicine. They have drastically reduced the prevalence of certain diseases. Those include polio, tetanus, measles, chickenpox, smallpox. In fact, uh, the, the, the vaccination has eliminated smallpox completely, eradicated, with no natural cases since 1977. Think of that. Most recently, we developed a vaccine for COVID-19, which has drastically cut down the cases and allowed the country to reopen in some respects. Unfortunately, there are still a lot of people hesitant to get the vaccine. And recent polls have found that most adults who are still unvaccinated don't plan to ever get the shot. The first step to getting the vast majority of Americans to take a coronavirus vaccine is to educate people on the importance of vaccines and how much good they have done for public health. The World Health Organization, WHO, right, estimates that vaccines prevented at least 10 million deaths worldwide just between the years 2010 in 2015. A similar study by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, also known as the CDC, found vaccines prevented 732,000 deaths in the U.S. between the years 1994 and 2013. It also, or say that differently, as well as eliminated $1.38 trillion in total societal costs that those diseases would have caused. Vaccines are also very safe, and according to the WHO, so few deaths can plausibly be attributed to vaccines that it is hard to assess the risk statistically. I know, I feel badly there are some people in our audience that are just shaking their heads at what I'm reading. But I wish you would consider everybody's health, including your own. Anyway, go on. That was just me talking. Some states are better than others when it comes to vaccinating in order to see where people are the most responsible about getting vaccines. WalletHub examined the 50 states and the District of Columbia across 17 different key metrics. Our data set ranges from the share of vaccinated children to the share of people without health insurance to the presence of reported measles outbreaks. 
So, here we go. So, in overall ranking, now we have three basic sub-rankings. Children and teenagers immunization rates. The next one is adult and elderly vaccination rates. And the final one is immunization uptake disparities in influencing factors. Okay? I hope that made sense. So do you care to guess what state's the best? Uh, Vermont. You are nearly perfect. It is. It comes in number two. Number one is Massachusetts. Oh, I was close. Yeah. Followed by <laughs> Vermont, Rhode Island, New Hampshire. All kind of clustered there together. Then we jump out to North Dakota, fifth. Then back again to Maryland. Then back out again to Nebraska. Well, let's see. I'll stop talking about jumping. Um... Connecticut is eighth. Washington State is ninth. Virginia tenth. Maine eleventh. Okay. Where does Ohio stand? Thirty third. They are forty first when it comes to children's and teenagers' immunization rates. They are 33rd in immunization uptake disparities and influencing factors. But they're 28th in adult and elderly vaccination rates. So they're a little better in that area. But still, we're, we're basically at the 50% rate. What's, what states are to either side of us? Utah is 32nd, Michigan is 34th, but Ohio 33rd. Now, who's dead last? Mississippi. Before them, Georgia, Texas, Arizona, Nevada, Alabama, Idaho. 44th is New Jersey, and 43rd. Wyoming. Wyoming. Thirty seventh Hawaii. Thirty ninth Alaska. So why do you think I mean I I, I understand some of it. Just the makeup of people <laughs> in certain states has a certain what do you call it? Uh, the personalities of people, generally speaking, in a certain state, does have a certain way about them. But why is Massachusetts, Vermont, and Rhode Island dare I say, so much more compliant or smart than we in the middle of the group? 
for those at the bottom? Why are the ones at the bottom, are they just not as intelligent? Mississippi, Georgia, Texas. I, I, whatever the reason. I wish... I just wish people understood how... we could get back to a better sense of normalcy if more people partook of the vaccine. And when we look at um, death rates, all that sort of thing. You know, I didn't print out my daily report today. I forgot. I have it all up to date. Um, I tell you what, Scott, can you fill in for a second? Yeah. Um, talk about anything you like. I'm going to take my head well, off. Hey, I, I certainly can do that. Well, you I'm going to talk about back there or up there. Up I'll here. be right here. Okay, then I'll turn this mic. Okay. Dave, Dave has been silenced real quick. for a few moments. We're going to talk about high school sports and OU football, Ohio State football. If uh, you would like to do that, the Buckeyes, boy, oh, boy, they uh, took one on the chin Saturday in the horseshoe. They gave up 35 points, and that is unheard of for Ohio State football to give up that many points. However, uh, Oregon came in. They were ranked number 12, and uh, (coughs) excuse me. Boy, that one sneaked up on me. And thank you for all of you who just said, bless you. I'll take them. <laughs> but uh, the Buckeyes and the uh, Ducks, the Bucks and the Ducks, had a big game there. Uh, Oregon scored on three plays, two for sure that I remember, and three, if I'm not mistaken, the same play. The running back went around to the left, scored about a 10 to 15-yard touchdown every time. And Ohio State made no adjustments to that. So that was a little disappointing to see. Uh, So essentially what happened in the rankings is that uh, Ohio State and Oregon basically swapped spots, even though the Buckeyes dropped to number nine, and Oregon jumped all the way up to number four. Now, before the game, the Buckeyes were at number three, and Oregon was 12. So basically, you know, pretty close to flipping spots there. But, uh, you know, the Buckeyes could have made a statement there, but they didn't. So you got to play well when the big games happen. The Bobcats had a disappointing loss to FCS Duquesne. The Dukes come in here to Athens and go away uh, with a two-point win. The Bobcats tried to get a two-point conversion after they scored their last touchdown and failed on that, so the Dukes win. Uh, 28 to 26. Can I say something? I just got back. Um, I was at the game. And um, 
you know, I rarely, very rarely want to say something about officiating. But I definitely felt that the officials had an, uh, they affected the game. Okay? And I never say that because I don't generally believe in it. But in this case, I thought they had. Now, probably ain't, I'll get slammed for saying that. Anyway, go on. Oh, that that was uh, pretty much it. If you want to get on to yours, I was just going to do a high school recap very quickly here. Well, the Athens Bulldogs uh, defeated the Spartans of Alexander 41 to 14. Trimble. Uh, they defeated Waterford 34-7. to Their schedule says they play at John Marshall this Friday night. Where's that? Well, if I'm not mistaken, it's in the Cleveland area. Really? Yeah, so Trimble's going to have a long trip to get up there. If that's the John Marshall, uh, that, it, that it is there. Uh, Nelsonville, York defeated River Valley 48-13. to uh, Federal Hawking was defeated by Belpre 45 to zero, and uh, that's the update of all the Athens County schools. Their Vinton County game was uh, canceled, I believe, due to COVID. So there's uh, every now and then a sprinkling of cancellations in here. Now the Bobcats play this Thursday night as they travel to Louisiana uh, to take on U of L. Uh, that game at 8 p.m. is going to be on ESPN Thursday night. Uh, Ohio State has uh, Tulsa coming in to Columbus at 3.30 Saturday afternoon. Oh, one more. Big win for Joey Burrow and the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Yesterday they won in overtime with uh, no time left on the clock. Joe looked pretty sharp, as always. I think he was 20 for 27. Someone told me that uh, there was one play where he got a little bit hurt and they came out where Rode a little bicycle, fixed wheel thing for a while, and then went was right back in. Joe's a tough kid. I keep saying kid. He's always a kid. <laughs> He's a tough young man. Good one. All right. <clears throat> well, thanks for uh, covering there. Um, and it was also a topic I wanted to cover, so I'm glad we got that done. So the statistics on uh, COVID. Let's uh, let's go backwards. We'll start with Athens and go back. So in Athens, um, we had 27 new cases yesterday, 83 the day before. Um, so our case count as of yesterday since this all began, 6,536 cases. That's exactly 10% of our county. So one out of 10. Uh, We have 236 being hospitalized at the present time in our county. 5,474 have recovered. They've had it through it, 29,700 have been vaccinated. That's 45.46% of our 
county's population. And we've had 63 deaths. I think that uh, number 63 has been three days now. State of Ohio. State of Ohio, uh, we've got 11.7 million people living here. Yesterday, there were 4,463 new cases, bringing the total to 1,298,625 cases. Now, uh, where I said Athens has had 10%, the state of Ohio, 11.11%. Active cases right now in the state, though, 132,733. Now, of that group, 9,069 are in the hospital in an ICU unit. That means a sort of an incubator and all that sort of thing. 59,153 are... Um, in a hospital room, but just being watched over very carefully. And, of course, there's some people at home recovering. Um, In fact, thus far, 1,165,829, that's 89.78% of those that have gotten it, are now recovered in our state. Death rate, 1.63%. What does that mean? 21,154 people. No new deaths in the last day or two. Okay. The U.S., We have 330, almost 333 million people living here. Yesterday, there were 11,022 new cases. Now, the day before, there were 39,644 new cases, so three times more, even a little higher than that. But it seems that the, the, the weekend numbers, there's, there's a certain flexibility. And I suppose it's the way different states turn in their numbers. But um, anyway, uh, let's go on. So, as of yesterday at 2 p.m., In the United States, there were 40,876,816 cases that had occurred. Now, of those, let me find the right number here. Oh, yeah, here we go. 41,345,000. So 76.68% had already recovered. So 
So that means 8,864, I'm sorry, 8,864,618 were active as of yesterday, midday. Nationwide, we've had um, a change in the death rate. They found an error and corrected it. So it's... I believe 666,759 people nationwide have died from COVID. Just 200 new deaths yesterday. I guess we have time to do the last little bit, which is the worldwide section. So... New cases yesterday in the world, 351,175, bringing the total to 222,316,179. So 2.8, almost 2.9% of our nation, of our world's population has had it. Now, yesterday, new deaths, 6,100 on the nose. 6,100. Not nationwide, worldwide. Deaths, since it all began, 4,594,447. Active cases right now, 18,780,613. Recovered right now, 198,941,119. The the numbers had been better. But um, they have snuck. They, they, they've started to rise again. Not a lot. But I can only guess that, again, it has something to do with this, this thing we've expressed to you several times during today's show, and that is those that have not been vaccinated. Well, a word about upcoming programs. We have two shows scheduled this week with guests. They are Wednesday and Thursday. Thursday, it is our monthly visit with the mayor of the city of Athens, Steve Patterson. So, um, he's always a, a good guest. This next one, I have real wonderment about. Danny Underhill. I'm kidding, folks. Danny is the president of our Athens Area Chamber of Commerce. I've known her for years. and uh, But we've never had her on the air, that um, really, as a guest on this show. So um, I think we're going to start try to do that at least quarterly. But she's going to make her first appearance with me on Wednesday. Dandy, Danny. 
Danny Underhill, president of our chamber. Are we doing it by phone or? No. One. Mm -hmm. I just, when you said no, when I said, are we doing it by phone? A phone interview with Danny Underhill? Let's put it this way. She's had her vaccine. We here have had our vaccine. Um, we're doing it in person. The sheriff was just here a moment ago doing a recording. Um, I feel our building is very safe. Um, I think interviews always sound better live than over a phone and stuff like that. So when possible, we do it that way. Folks, have a marvelous day out there. It is a beautiful one. Once again, going to climb up to 70. Well, no, it's 72 now. We're going to get up to 86. So just enjoy. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. Students are back in class across the country, and professors at colleges in the South are protesting. CBS's Jim Krasula says they want more COVID protections. Faculty members from at least 16 colleges in Georgia have started week-long demonstrations in hopes of pressuring administrators to order mask and vaccine mandates. Organizers say the protest is not a work stoppage since strikes are illegal in Georgia and they could be fired. All staff has to be vaccinated in New York City, where almost one million students reported to classrooms this morning. Engineers at the University of Texas at Austin have come up with a portable COVID diagnostic that can test dozens of people at a time. Professor Ray Chen. In the classroom, in the church gathering, in any public areas, I think this can be a very quick testing tool. President Biden's just left Washington for his first official trip to the West Coast as president. Correspondent Stephen Portnoy. The president will first tour wildfire damage in Idaho Idaho and Northern California. Then he'll campaign for Governor Gavin Newsom on the eve of the final balloting in the California recall election. The White House says in Boise and Sacramento, Mr. Biden will urge passage of the climate change plans embedded in his infrastructure proposals now before Congress. Over the weekend, Democratic Senator Joe Manchin repeated his opposition to spending $3.5 trillion, mainly on social programs, as the progressives in his party have demanded. Tropical Storm Nicholas is expected to make landfall only